On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if Lucifer, with his wings out while flying around, sticks the landing, who wins the final shushy for Best Actress, and which eight Marvel and DC shows don't make it to next week's Bracket 400. All that and more on an all-new Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet that reviews every single live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. My name is Cassie, and I will be the host of this episode. That's right, my beautiful babies. I'm back. Mama's back in town. I'm here to host this. I'm here to lead this. I know last week was probably scary, and you were left in some not-too-capable hands, I guess you could say, but I'm here. I'm here to protect you. Um, but speaking of babies, I do, I have brought some in the studio with me. Here with me as always is Ryan. Hey audience, uh, shout out if you, uh, heard any difference between last week's show and now. Ooh. Oh, nothing. Silence. Dead silence. Well, I mean, they did hear something different and that's my voice, which I think is a comfort they to everybody. Tell. They couldn't tell. They, me and, are you saying me and Mike have the same voice? Yes. That's yes, going to be so confusing to everyone. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I don't like that because Mike says some things that I don't want people being confused with me. So. No, I'm always like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> and Cassie's just like, and then you stick your finger here and you twirl it around. And- <laughs> you really hit twirl so hard. I'm really worried about. <laughs> twirl. <laughs> twirl. All right, so apparently there was no difference to you guys, but when you're in it and you're making the show, you can't really tell. So I believe I got a lot of emails to my personal email because I give that out to everybody. um, And they, except for for you guys, you guys will never (laughs) have that. She (laughs) refuses. It's too much power. If you guys could get a hold of me through text and email, dear God, I would lose it. But no, I I know people are going to be happy to have me back. I just got to tell myself that. Um, You'll be happy to know, though, that uh, James from. The Timeline Scavengers, who yes. was here last week, um, he learned, he perfected your move that you taught him, which is to be the mama, to go in and hug both me and Mike at the same time, and then turn it into headlocks and then smash our heads together. That thing you do <laughs> yeah. every week? Good. I'm so Forcing proud. our heads to nuggie each other. It can, <laughs> it can be hard to get on the first time, and you guys really try to fight it, so I'm glad that he was able to pull it off. Oh, no, this guy has CPR dolls you practice on, I guarantee you. He was too good. <laughs> All right, and that other uh, baby who took over last week is, of course, Mike. How's it going, Mike? Yeah, I'm the baby. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little baby here, and that's all we're going to get from him. As the baby, he doesn't know nothing yet. He doesn't know math. He doesn't know nothing. He doesn't know nothing. (laughs) You know, when somebody declares them to be something, it's almost a guarantee that they're not that, except for that. Except for I'm the baby. (laughs) If anybody steps up and says that, it's a guarantee that they're the baby. I guess they're the fucking baby. <laughs> and like, I know you've been wondering like why you haven't made any new friends recently, and it's because you keep introducing yourself as the baby. I, <laughs> I legit have been wondering that. <laughs> I'm Mike. You may know me as the baby. <laughs> Just make sure that you are saying the and not duh. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Duh baby is a horrific person. Um, I do want to... Like, I'm happy to be here. Do you guys just want to, like, 
talk about how happy you are that I'm here this week, or we got a couple yeah, minutes fine. to kill. Oh, no? Nothing? I mean, it's just such a jam. Obviously, we have thousands of things to say, but it's such a jam-packed show. Oh. Cool. Um, you guys can go ahead and text me it later because I know you have a lot to say, but we do have a jam-packed. I'll email. Nope. You will. Oh, wait. <laughs> you will never email me. Um, as you said, though, it is a jam-packed episode. We got the Bracket 400. We're getting down to the big, big boys with Marvel and DC. And the main event, we're talking about the Lucifer finale. But before that, let's go to that Bracket. All right, guys, it is bracket time. This is the side of the bracket that I think everybody cares about, too. You know, the other ones I feel like are more special to us, but now now we're to the big boys. It's Marvel and DC, and we're going to get... What are we working with? Final eight for these ones, for both of these? Yeah, so we have eight Marvels left, eight DCs left, and it's going to be four Marvels, four DCs by the end of today. Oh, my gosh. And I guarantee Mike will cry before the end of this. I <laughs> probably will, and Cassie will not. Heart, I already am. Heart of stone. <laughs> don't want to do this. This is going to be definitely the hardest one. Um, yeah, I've, we just got to get right to it because this is a big one. All right, you guys, let's start with the Marvel side. We're going to put Daredevil, number one seeded Daredevil against nine Luke Cage. Cage oh, match. Daredevil. Daredevil, you're going to come out straight against or straight right away. This isn't hard at all. Yeah, okay. not hard at all. Okay, but all right. remembering that we are on a podcast and people are listening, um, I think that uh, it's not hard at all. Uh, <laughs> it's just you know we cage match. We've, we've talked about our issues with their, with both shows. They're both Marvel Netflix, but we knew that the at least the best, at least one Marvel Netflix show had to move on. Um, yeah. Marvel doesn't have that much TV to offer over the last Mm-mm. five years or eight years or however long it's been since we started doing this um and for daredevil to be the representative makes sense you know it was the first it's definitely the most liked yeah it gave us the term like hallway fight scene i guess not term but like a thing to look out for in these and it's like the staple of this is what you compare hallway fight scenes to so all right i guess we're all in agreement daredevil will move on on that one our next one we got loki versus jessica jones all right i don't feel like this one is a complete slammy d it's hard it's hard. This one is difficult. <laughs> Where are you initially leaning, Mike? Well, what's hard is because Loki has the one season, right? If Jessica Jones had the one season, this would be... Yeah, season one versus season one. Even harder. And Jessica Jones, I think, would edge it out for me. But Jessica Jones also has that other season that kind of dangles out there. Mm-hmm. I don't think like a creature from the Black Lagoon's leg. <laughs> Props to people who understand what that means. You're, you're true hardcore fan. Um I don't think that the second season is so bad that it necessarily ruins the first season or makes this a slam dunk for me at all. Does it, like Jessica Jones was doing more with its story, especially in the first season. Does that, like, should that make Loki? Than Loki, yeah. You think it's doing more with its story than Loki, which is playing with how the multiverse works. Well, I get what she's saying, though, because it's more... Loki. Personal, yeah, it's more of like a character growth, and mm-hmm. the the story is more linear, and cap- the show is more capable of telling its story than maybe Loki was. Oh, mm. it's been a long. Ryan feels safe to start talking shit. <laughs> he instantly he's he's putting on his gloves right now. You brought out like bully Mike. He's ready to punch you for that comment. Well, I, I'm taking my gloves off, so unfortunately <laughs> oh, we man. only own one pair of gloves. <laughs> yeah, please, my turn. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh like that's what I was thinking. Like 
dealing with more, I guess, real life issues than mm-hmm. Loki was. Because I, I'm not gonna. I, I don't even have a jet ski. Like, I will never have a jet ski. Yeah, don't that's say fantastical. that. <laughs> you think you guys? That's what we're saving our Patreon money up for. <laughs> so Cassie, <laughs> please get Cassie a jet ski, guys. Please. Sign up over at Patreon.com/slash your pop filter. <laughs> Your money will be going to a good cause. Thank you. Um, all right. Let's just go ahead and bring this to a vote. Ryan, where are you going? I'm going JJ. I think that Jessica Jones was more successful at what it tried to do. All right. Mike? Yeah, I, I'm also going Jessica Jones. You tricky. Like you tricky guy. All right. Jessica Jones is moving on. Our next round, we got WandaVision versus Legion. Where are we feeling on this? We've got the confusion of Legion. Legion. That's a hard word to say. Versus WandaVision. Well, I mean, both of them play with what is reality. Yeah. Uh, and these are the both biggest, at least in the cinematic world, and maybe not, maybe even in the comics, the big, like, mentally, dealing with mental issues, super-powered beings. Uh, consistently, people are like, oh, fuck, they're at it again. Uh, th- th- this is a closer, like, thematically than one would expect. Thematically. But for me, it's almost a slammy D, just because Legion was so confusing and didn't seem to like it seemed to throw stuff out there for no reason like, did WandaVision have Hulk hands it did not have Hulk hands but that so also therefore means, it is a bad show that also <laughs> means it didn't have any unexplained Hulk hands yeah that's what yes. like there had to be if there was a reason but for the Hulk hands then it would be getting props for the Hulk hands everything need to be explained Ex- explanation doesn't mean good when it's that weird and you guys they've been hyping up Hulk hands the whole time like at least that I'm- it, I want to, in defense of Legion, Legion didn't hype up Hulk hands. Oh, this Legion, show hyped up Hulk hands. Legion made it such a key part of the show to be like, look at these Hulk hands, and then have nothing for it. <laughs> That's on them. I think Legion did it, Target. did it in such a way where it was like, hey, podcast, you better hype up these Hulk hands. So the show <laughs> didn't do it itself. It wasn't explicit. It was implicit. Mm-hmm. Mm, implicit hype of Hulk hands. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing gets a crowd rowdier than implicit hype. <laughs> All right, let's go to bring it to a vote. Mike, where are you going on this one? I don't think anything our show, the Superior Show show, has ever watched has touched the artistry of Legion. My vote's Legion. Oh, dang. Look at this. Every time. And I love WandaVision. Every time he talks about something like that, when he says it doesn't touch the artistry of Legion, I just want to punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I am the way I am. I don't know how to express my enthusiasm for something without making people want to hit me. Dad. You know what's worse than sounding media illiterate? Sounding media literate, you fucking <laughs> dork. It was like ready to write a love poem to Legion. And I guess that's it's beautiful. Sorry, Mike. It's beautiful and touching. Your vote is valid. That's one for Legion. Ryan, where are you going? Yeah, I just think that, uh, I mean, I'm contradicting myself and picking different reasons for choosing what I'm choosing all over the place. But that's sort of how brackets work. Uh, as much as I don't think Jessica Jones' second season dragged down the rest of it, which is the first season, I do think that Legion did sort of wear me down. Um, by the end, it was just really hard. Like there were so many places to keep it set that mm. I found myself not caring. Mm-hmm. You know, and WandaVision is probably all we're gonna get of this story, and that's awesome. And so I'm going WandaVision. That means it's down to a tiebreaker, which means it comes down to me, Mike. As it's coming down to the media literate, where do you think I'm gonna go? This- You're fucking obviously. <laughs> and again, I'm not talking shit on WandaVision. No, just you're just talking shit show. on me and Cassie. Marvel's <laughs> yes, you guys are chuds. And the chuds are moving WandaVision on. That's right. All right, our final round for this one. We got the Punisher versus Shield. So Hey. <laughs> love 
love what's his face. He did such a good job as Punisher. Frank Castle, Frank Castle. as Punisher. Frank Castle as the Punisher. <laughs> uh, so good. You could argue, Mike, that this is in line with WandaVision and Legion. You know, but you were saying that those two shows had in common. Punisher did as well. It's just a little more grounded because nobody flew, but mm. it was still the same post-traumatic. What are the mental ramifications of being in this work, being in this line of work, and then losing someone in this line of work? Punisher did all that too. Maybe a little too grounded, though. Uh, maybe too grounded and maybe not enough Deke. Maybe if Deke was in fucking Punisher, then this would be a oh, different conversation. Can you even imagine if he was his little buddy? <laughs> I don't even, like, this is the most Slammy D thing, I feel like, for you guys specifically. I think any anywhere else this would maybe go differently. But um, No, come on. Punisher had great moments, but also stupid stuff. But doesn't and S.H.I.E.L.D. have some stupid stuff? It went for so yeah, long. Yeah, S.H.I.E.L.D. starts rocky. Yeah. But then it just keeps going up those stairs and gets amazing. Okay. And then it gives us Deke. And then it all leads to Deke, the shiny beacon that is Deke. <laughs> but it's not just Deke. It's the moon episode where it's just Gemma lost on the moon alone. Like, S.H.I.E.L.D., because they had to fill a horrifying 22 episodes a year, that meant they had room to practice and could be like, this episode's kind of unconnected. We're doing our own thing here. And uh, when you watch, if you go back and watch that Moon episode, which is great, but there is no Deke. So my recommendation is to buy the Superhero Show Show brand uh, body pillow in the shape of Deke <laughs> and ha- hold it while you watch it. Honestly, we should come out with a line of just Deke products and see how it does. There's also no Bebo licensed products. So. Oh, dang. We have We're to get, start making those as well. We got to get yeah. the, on the Deke and Bebo. Deke and De- Bebo. Deke and Bebo buds. <laughs> All right, let's go to bring this to a vote. Ryan, where are you going? So hard, S.H.I.E.L.D. So hard, Punisher. Get the fuck out of here. All right, Mike? S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep, of course. S.H.I.E.L.D. is moving on. All right, so your final four for Marvel, we got Daredevil, Jessica Jones, WandaVision, and S.H.I.E.L.D. Let's go ahead. That makes sense. Yeah, that seems like... Those are four strong ones. and Three strong ones and one okay one. You guys can guess which one that is. Um, Yeah, Daredevil had some misses. You're right. (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and move on to the DC side. Uh... First bracket, pretty strong. We got Watchmen versus Legends of Tomorrow. You guys. Two beautiful babies stand before you. Fuck artistry. (laughs) Legends of Tomorrow and what they do and remind us of comics can be literally anything, including like dumb. What I think what Legends does, like people's complaint of Marvel, like Star Lord, how dumb. Legends does it in such a better way of making fun of how silly comics can be without selling it out. You know, next week we're going to give way to we're going to give the show, like part of the show, for the 400th episode, we're going to have guests and special guest stars and shit. And they're going to help us break down the Sweet 16. And they're all just going to obviously be Watchmen. What if we just took Watchmen out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Made it where they couldn't. I, Watchmen was phenomenal. It was, it, was, it was an amazing television show, episode to episode. Fuck it. It's against Legends. That is our shit. <laughs> So this is this is de- the debate we always have is if we have to be like, do we take ourselves out of this and our biases and move on what is the bigger piece of culture or what we're more specific And Mike, for once, you are completely fine with moving on what is just more our shit? Yes. All right. Fair enough. Uh, even though Watchmen did probably teach people about some of our fucked up past and, you know... that's That was huge and important, but I don't even know if comic book shows... Get votes for just teaching people about history they should know anyway. Wait, who votes for the shishis, by the way? Mostly. I mean, I know that there's like a voting body of hundreds of people, but who has the mm-hmm. most weighted votes? Would he, us? Yeah, it's the three of us. And It's the three of us. Watchmen, the year it came out, it won 
all of the shishis. I think everything. Uh-huh. Every single one. Uh, so it would like to say that Watchmen isn't our shit would. Oh yeah, we can be smart too. Watchmen is very our shit, but Legends is the fubu of comics. <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen here, Cassie. <laughs> Mike is, see. Mike seems crazy. Like he's got that look in his eyes. Yeah, it's it's unsettling. <laughs> he has a like he's biting down on a knife for some reason. <laughs> it's kind of intimidating. But let's go ahead and move it on to a vote. Mike, where are you going? I think we all know. DC's Legends of Tomorrow. That's right, Ryan. Where are you going? This is this is crazy. I I love Legends more than anybody. Uh, it's got to be Watchmen. Oh shit. <laughs> I did not think you guys would move this one She on. did not want to have to <laughs> break this tie. I did not want to get rid of one of these beautiful babies before. Cassie, me. I would say do the right thing, but I don't even know what that is. I know there isn't one. Part of me, the fact that you said we could take out Watchmen and keep it from just destroying everything is kind of my main motivator here. And the fact that there is Bebo. It's the wrong move. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to move on Legends. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> Dumb. Love it. all right that is gonna really anger people uh during our 400 bracket episodes but it'll be fun our next matchup we got sweet tooth versus star girl uh both of these were i feel like surprising on how much we liked both of them yeah Uh, they're newer babies newer babies star girl we got just a second episode and it's still going as strong as the first and sweet tooth was just a solid one season Mm-hmm. And it's the fourth seed, and I don't think it that surprised. Sweet Tooth is the fourth seed, mm-hmm. and like if you look out there, if you talk to people, like this was a heavily watched show. Yeah. Um, I don't even think people watched it because it was based on a comic book, which is weird because I don't know why you would watch anything otherwise. <laughs> anything. Um, but this is one of those matchups where it really tells you how you think about something. And mm-hmm. for me, this is like, oh, I, I really like Sweet Tooth, and then in this matchup, I'm like, well, not that much. yes that i loved every minute we watched sweet tooth my vote is not going towards sweet tooth (laughs) and the thing is too that's helping us out is that we have seen so many shitty versions of star girl throughout the run of this podcast that have tried it and failed or tried it and could not succeed in any of the ways that star girl does like Mm. it really is so impressive yeah yeah i think runaways uh the gifted even uh, Cloak and Dagger. There's so many other teen heroes in Stargirl's Wake. Yeah, in this one, there's only one Wilson. I think we kicked out the other Wilson brother, so it's only right that one moves on. Uh, let's go to move it on to a vote. Ryan, where are you going? Stargirl. Hell yeah, Mike. Yeah, the Wilson clause dictates one moves on, so one it must has to be Stargirl. On. All right, Stargirl's moving on. What are you asking Wilson clause for Christmas this year? <laughs> a pony. Volleyball. <laughs> Two different levels. Uh, all right, our next matchup, we got Batwoman versus Doom Patrol. This Batwoman, do we weigh in the previous bad one, or can we just make it the new Batwoman? It, I mean, it's taking all of it into consideration. It is, we are recording this in the week, that there is yeah. a weird, very public, everybody screaming, you're a liar, no, you're a liar, no, they're all liars at each other online. Um, I think Batwoman might have moved this far because of me. I'm a big fan. Batman, Batwoman 2.0 fan. Mm. What's against Doom Patrol, guys? Doom Patrol, which is weird, and you guys very much loved it, especially the first It makes season. Cassie uncomfortable. <laughs> it's a two two for win for you guys. Well, I think the last time, or in season two, the time Cassie watched it, we were like, no, Cassie, just come back for this episode, and it happened to be a ghost orgy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the sex ghosts. The sex ghosts, which are still, are continuing yeah. to always be a thing. They still roam around. You can't get rid of a sex ghost, Cassie. <laughs> 
they at least keep their continuity. So Doom Patrol's got that. Speaking of sex ghosts, is now a good time to talk about how I watched Casper this week? Or should I save that for a different time? I think you can just sprinkle that throughout the episode. Just, <laughs> what a dog shit, trash, rapey, awful, poorly made, exploitative movie. Are there sex ghosts? Yeah, you in our, in our private text feed, uh, you said it was problematic and refused to... So, so yeah, how is it problematic? I would love to know. Oh, this ghost bitch uh, drags Chris... Casper? Casper, yes. <laughs> what, well, there's the uncle. What if that was just my, own, or my nickname for Cassie? <laughs> this ghost bitch hasn't ghost even watched bitch. Casper. It's like middle school. <laughs> um... Drags Christina Ritchie around the house, even though she's screaming no. Will throw her out windows, uh, watches her sleep, kisses her when she's sleeping, leans into her and says, I'm going to keep you while she's sleeping. It is sick. Romantic. (laughs) And I wonder why we are the way we are. I always loved Bill Pullman in that because that's the kind of kid I was. Who also becomes a ghost. They talk about like how serious death is and how it's permanent. Oh, except for this red magic potion that will turn Bill Pullman from a dead ghost back into a live human. Uh, didn't work in real life. Not a good movie. So Casper for sure isn't moving on. Uh, I don't think we for sure brought it to a vote, but let's go ahead. Uh, Mike, where are you going? Yeah, not Casper. Not Casper? Uh, 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 Doom, Patrol. Doom Patrol. I, it took me a second to remember. Thank you. <laughs> Which one it was? <laughs> uh, yeah, I love Batwoman. I think people should be watching the second season. You don't have to watch the first season, but Doom Patrol. All right. And Ryan, I'm assuming? Yeah, it's definitely Doom Patrol. All right. Doom Patrol's moving on. Our final matchup of the DC side, uh, two beautiful babies for you guys specifically. We got Arrow versus Gotham. I think, is this just a slammy D, even though Gotham... For me, it is. Uh-huh. Uh, Gotham is so important to us. I'm just going to give it you uh, so right Why are now. you talking about <laughs> Gotham? <laughs> uh, Gotham is so important to us. Uh, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had those ups and downs. Those, yeah. you know, started off rocky and then got better. But because it got worse, it's a weird... Yeah, algorithm. Everybody just watched what Jada Pinkett was doing, and the more they got closer to Fish Mooney, Fish the, Mooney. the better the show was. Mike, when was the last time you talked about Fish Mooney? <laughs> it's been years. I, I I can't believe I had that name in the back of my head. Uh, and I think that if the bracket shook out differently, we could see both of these shows making it to the Sweet Sixteen because they're so important. They're so old, basically, and <laughs> that means they're important to us. Uh, but yeah, I think that. The way we, not just the way that Mike and I talk about Arrow, but the way Cassie talks about the way Mike and I talk about Arrow. <laughs> like, apparently, Mike, every time that we say it, uh, our eyes just go roll back in our head, and then, like, uh-huh. the light from heaven shines behind us. Yeah. While I, little cartoon hearts yeah. burst around our heads. Yeah, I actually didn't think love was real until I saw you guys talk about Arrow. So it changed everything. Salmon ladder, baby. Salmon ladder. How can ladder. you vote against that? <laughs> All right. I'm going to make it an official vote, even though we all know what's going on. Mike, what's your vote? Arrow. Ryan? Uh, I do want to say before I vote that uh, next week, all the guest stars and stuff, Stephen Amell, you just got back to me too late, and I'm sorry. <laughs> so Our sorry. docket was full. Um, but for episode 500, Stephen Amell, you are in. Oh, 500. Yeah. Please. We will save room for you, but it's Arrow. In this round, we did get the Salmon Ladder. Did we lock in Salmon Ladder for next week's episode? Can we oh, yeah. No. That's... The visual component, all our guests have to do the salmon ladder <laughs> while we judge them. All right. All right. So our final four for the DC side, we got Legends of Tomorrow, Stargirl, Doom Patrol, and of course, Arrow. I do. I, mean, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say that we had our choice between Stephen Amell and the salmon ladder, but I had to be honest. I prefer the ladder. <laughs> God damn it. I almost didn't say that. <laughs> it would have been such a shame. I don't want to live in a world where you didn't say that, Ryan. I'm glad we can end th- this bracket on a high note like that. Let's go ahead and move on to the main event. On the series finale of Lucifer, we see that Rory was right all along. 
No matter what strategies the gang tried, Lucifer was going to always end up on 10th and Swanson and always say goodbye. It's not because he's a deadbeat dad, however, but instead because he's because he's to become therapist to the stars of hell. But before that, Lucifer and Chloe are able to save Rory from Vincent Lamech, which gives way to short little endings for each of the main characters li- living happily ever after. Taste was I ask you this. Was the ending of Lucifer too clean or did everyone get what they deserved? Yeah, I don't think it was too clean. Endings are hard for shows and I, maybe it's too easy of a pass to say there's no good one like nothing can end and be great but that does make but, it easier for us as like critics and watchers right like oh well ne- it'll never be good so <laughs> it'll never be good. but i do think this was satisfying i don't know if i would say this is a one of the best episodes of lucifer but mm-hmm. i think it is a satisfying end I, if we had known more we probably would have done nine and ten together uh-huh because that seems like more of that's like a two-hour complete send-off whereas right, this, sort where this of, is the denouement this just had to like end up the season-long storyline. And then that means that if you're just watching this episode alone, which we are the only three people who did, yeah. <laughs> then it seems like people got the short shrift of Ella and Dan. Like, you know, they got screwed. But if you look at the two hours together or even the right. ten hours together, I don't think that's true. Also, I don't need my seven seasons of comic book-based uh, supernatural detective shows to leave things ambiguous and like no. uh, teach us something. I want to just see everyone happy. Like, yeah. can, can we just say that? I just want everybody to happy, be happy. Yeah, let's do a quick rundown of where everybody ends up. So Ella is with Carol and still working right in PD. Not only is she working uh, with LAPD, she has her STEM, women in STEM fund that Lucifer set up for. Right. Uh, where is Dr. Linda? Dr. Linda probably got the shortest shrift yeah uh but we did see that charlie got his wings and then amendiel does a classic little yes (laughs) (laughs) god can come down just to see if his kid gets his wings his adorable (laughs) fluffy like baby pigeon wings (laughs) the cutest little wings yeah she was just celebrating his little birthday i think that's all we saw of her so you know she's living a mom life and just like uh all children going through puberty on your 13th birthday is when all of your pubes sprout and your voice drops. So <laughs> angels work the same way, I guess. Mom, my wings changed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chloe is back in the LAPD realizing you cannot retire at 32. So and young. <laughs> she wants to clean up racism with her and one other detective. <laughs> they were, I think we were missing that one scene where she went in to her boss and said, I want to retire. And the boss was like, no. And then she, just, she was like, okay, cool. And then, uh, like absolutely not. No, what I did guess you, this what? is an extended leave of absence. Then <laughs> my favorite one probably would, had to be Maze and Eve just having an absolute last busting criminal. That's We're like gonna... what, <laughs> that's what I wanted for everybody. That one was cheesy, over the top, yeah. and I was like, yeah, this is perfect. They're just taking out dirt bags and making out in the street. <laughs> that's the goddamn life. Yeah, and I think they got a phone call. I don't even know what the phone call was there, but it was like. That- Rory was born. Okay, just having the time of their lives. But yeah, it was there was it was part of a montage, so there was music playing, so there was no dialogue. But if there was, all you would hear is yeah. (laughs) 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 Speaking of short shrifts, uh, Trixie, I feel like this show doesn't know how to handle actual kids or what like a step parent or arguably a parent's role in a kid's life is because Chloe was just gone for. Nights on end to fuck Lucifer. Who's taking care of Trixie then? Uh, a little girl whose dad recently yeah, died. Dad just died. And then 
they they care so much about this girl who's been in their life for a week and been mostly an asshole because she will become their daughter. Again, not taking care of their actual goddamn <laughs> grieving daughter. Yeah, it was like in the montage we see her come in um, with uh, like with her, you know, the kid and Trixie yeah. in. And I was like, oh shit, they did. Trixie is still there. Trixie's here and a part of it, I guess. Well, again, and I've been saying this for seven years, but maybe if you name your daughter like a normal name, like Rhonda or Yolanda <laughs> or Lotuda... Which don't, that's my name for my next baby, so don't take Latuda. Yeah, it, that's the full name, right? Is Rhonda Yolanda Latuda. <laughs> but instead, you named your daughter as if she was a cowboy hooker, and that's, nobody's going to care at that point. Right. Nobody. Not even the show. Um, so we did get, like, there, it was quick a quick montage to wrap everybody up. Did it seem, was, not just the montage, did the pacing seem weird to you guys for this, or was it... I, I mean, like, no. I th- again, if this was a movie, then it would feel a little Return of the King, right? Because it uh-huh. was like, oh, this is the wrap-up. Nope. And then there's there was, like, seven wrap-ups. Yeah. yeah. And the wrap-up started, it, you know, with, like, 20 minutes left in the show. But for seven after seven years, it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I wanted to see it all. You're allowed to do that. That's I heard Supernatural's last season of 20. It was just a season of wrap-ups. It was, There's no actual plot. It was wild. Uh, but we do have, like, what felt... The timing felt weird. I think it was just because, like, the amount of time they had to fill. So, like, the scene where Chloe and Lucifer are going to save Rory, like, the amount of mm-hmm. fighting we saw for them felt a little was, long. It was cool. No, I loved that <laughs> shit. Yeah, that was like... You guys, I guess, should have done that more often. Like, the way the camera kind of bounced between... Lose it like it remembered that fighting the devil would be scary, so hung on Chloe for a lot of it, and you just saw in the background wings and people flying and shit. Like yeah. that's a good way to deal with your low budget. Is remember how terrifying he could be. Yeah, I do want to be there in that writers' room though when somebody was like, "Wait, remember fighting the devil is scary," and then like, oh. <laughs> oh yeah, they just put a sign up in the office and be like, "Wait, wait, wait!" Remember, <laughs> just point to the sign. <laughs> Don't make me tap the sign again. <laughs> Where if you guys make me. It also showed us that uh, classic, I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier was the last to do it. Uh, when there's not a hallway around, go to where a lot of cargo mm-hmm. bins are. Always and cargo bins. There's a, there's a bunch of hallways now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they could be wherever. Uh, <laughs> the um, So the pacing felt a little weird for me. But then there was also like time travel storylines can get a little confusing. This one took yeah. a different turn with it where like, did it seem weird to you guys, the whole plot of, like, I'm still here, so this means, like, like once she, everything was solved and everything, she was like, I'm still here, so, like, we gotta figure out why that is. Like, yeah. It, her whole, like, no, everything has to be exactly the way it was to make this happen, so yeah. you can decide you want to save... Fuck you, you don't know how this works, dude. You're a 40-year-old <laughs> angel who looks like a 20-year-old girl, like... <laughs> Just fucking. By the way, if there's a Tina Fey biopic, I want to recommend Brianna Hildebrand. For some reason, especially in this episode, she looks so much like a young Tina Fey. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if it's because she like smiled for the first time in this season, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. This to me reminded me like the whole season. I thought the time travel stuff is whatever because Lucifer was going to leap. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, we all knew like according to Bill and Ted rules, and I think also Minority Report rules, which are the most important time travel movies as far as this goes is no it's going to happen and you trying to keep it from happening always happens and you trying to keep it from happening is what causes it to happen that's that all gels with me but Mm -hmm. the fact that rory was like but i'm still here 
that's a lot for you to know about time travel yeah. sci-fi yeah. to make that statement. Well, I think what's annoying is seeing that God, Amenadiel, Amenagod, can leave heaven whenever he wants to just hang out with folks on Earth. But Lucifer can't because he has too much hell therapy to give like (laughs) (laughs) that's a good point like he literally like he just had to stay in the office for so long like it was it it doesn't fully make sense but again seven years i'll give him a pass therapists have like two hour lunches every day like you can (laughs) stop by earth whenever well he would have gone to earth but the place across the street from his office down in hell has the best caesar salad he's not gonna (laughs) skip a day of that caesar also probably in hell Oh, of, yeah. co- of course, for sure. But what about Rory's, like, right when Rory is disappearing, post-snap, when she says, no, I get it now. I know why you have to leave, and I'm mm. cool with that. Did they make that work? Because that, that like, her childhood, although Lucifer's going to miss it, is in a celestial life, kind of just a blip. Right. So, yeah, maybe she should have been such a shit this whole time. That was, yeah. That one didn't work, like, the goodbye... The goodbye itself didn't really work. What got me was her goodbye to like dying Chloe when she mm-hmm. came back in the real time. That's when like it made it up for me because she was like, "You let me be such a shithead," and that's just being an adult. Come yeah. back to your parents as a kid, like <laughs> yeah. you let me be such a shithead. Why was that? But then yeah. also way to deflate the stakes because old Chloe, old man Chloe, is like, "I'm gonna miss you," and Rory's like, "Uh." I'm an angel, so you won't. I'm going to see you in like five minutes, bro. Yeah, Yeah, this is nothing. So why is she crying then? Because they won't be able to go to brunch in their same spot? Uh, Yeah, the the Chloe one was where I I think it was when both Rory and Lucifer were like tears held back from their eyes. And he was like, you called me dad. And her like, I thought I said like their like last little goodbye before her actual goodbye, like towards the end of the fight after they saved Rory, Mm -hmm. I thought was really, it got dusty, guys. It got dusty. It got dusty. Can we talk about real quick how this is, maybe this entire series, maybe just this season, maybe just this episode, but uh, was all just like a, a ploy or like an argument for prison reform? And about how the thing, oh, that, whoa. Uh-huh. the thing that Lucifer had to learn was not that if you do one thing wrong one time, that it's important for you to be punished forever. Mm-hmm. But instead, like maybe you just need a little bit of help and then you can remove your guilt. You can become a better citizen and then go back into whatever world you're living in. Yeah. That's a, I didn't put that together for that. So thank you for that. Cause that was literally me just sitting there, just like so touched by the fact that they pulled off the storyline of the devil's redemption to be the one who saves people. And I was just like, yeah, you but, go Lucifer. But I mean, well, that's the million mom man March, right? right? Is that how could you make a show about Lucifer? It's impossible to redeem him. And it wasn't. I watched every episode. Yeah. Million moms. And it, I think it, it's impossible to fucking redeem those million yeah. moms. <laughs> Once you look in the mirror, you stupid jerks. Yeah. <laughs> fucking got him. they're all listening i know but the worst part like the thing that mike and i've been trying to do for so long is just make them come at us by attacking them every week and they just won't like oh you know what we're gonna start do we're gonna hashtag this episode yeah (laughs) they're all searching the hashtag for sure um all right you guys i if you're fine with it if we can get to the time i think the time we all need to talk about and that's the fact that black parade played 
Oh man, my <laughs> wife laughed from the other room. <laughs> it's what I loved is I just the first chord of the piano, and I was Everyone. just like, I know this song. <laughs> it's the one song where you can off of one chord, you know, everybody was like, fuck. <laughs> Like, if you would have synced that up with the world, it would have been the loudest scream from everybody. <laughs> and, I mean, like, it, what a cool soundtrack for Hell, but the fact that they only could afford that one song, all of Hell's budget, <laughs> and that's the one song they play over and over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> if you had to listen to that song every time you went to therapy, honestly, that might be how you can break through to some people. Uh, I listen to that song so I don't need therapy. <laughs> like, that, that is yeah. my therapy. It is therapy. When I was a young boy, that's how every therapy session starts anyway. The song does the hard work for you. <laughs> I was so happy they got the rights to it and played it. It was everything I wanted. And that's how you wrap up seven seasons of Lucifer. I can just imagine all of Mike's sessions. Like, he sits down and he's like, when I was... The doctor's like, Mike, please don't. Please. <laughs> A young boy. Mike, I'm begging you. My, My father! father. <laughs> Took me into the city. All right. But that's when it gets different every time. <laughs> all right, you guys, you know I gotta ask this. It's, it's by law, I have to. It's a serious finale. <laughs> Did they stick the landing? I think my favorite stuck landing was when Lucifer flies up in the cargo area and lands on a, a cargo ship and just slices and dices a guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, full anger. And sometimes it's hard to wrap my mind around how Lucifer does shit like that. But when Rory goes to kill one guy who absolutely needs to die, like deserves <laughs> to die, yeah, uh, he is freaking out. But I guess, I mean, it speaks to the... The Lucifer killing is the one that makes the least sense because... These people can be reformed. That's the point of the show. What do you desire? No, He'll reform them in hell. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Let me kill you and then make an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it stuck the landing. And I do think, like, because other, other things that have dealt with you shouldn't kill anymore, I guess I won't either, like uh, Arrow. But what Lucifer did right was, like, you shouldn't kill because it'll weigh on you. Eight more guys is not going to weigh on me the amount of people I've killed in my long life. So <laughs> I'm going to kill these guys. <laughs> They could have, he could himself could have made it nine though. Like, I, that's what all I'm saying is like, yeah, yeah, don't take that from her, but like, you go ahead and kill him. It's fine. And I got to give it up to, I guess, Netflix or the people who subscribe. Uh, this is typically, right, seven years of watching a show at this level, which is, you know, we like it, but not The Wire. This uh-huh. is our time to say, okay, it's over. Now you can go catch up. People did. This is like the most popular show we have ever yeah. reviewed. Yeah. So, really? Yeah. Like That's it, awesome. It, it does a boffo box office on Netflix. It's a good show. So and a suck at Squid Game. So, <laughs> That's what's up. All right, you guys. That is it for Lucifer. We got to say goodbye. Any last words to Lucifer before we put him to rest? You were better than you ever should have been, and I will miss you. <laughs> All right. We also got, um, that's all the time for Lucifer, but we do have the award for certified website boy. And this week it is, it is Ryan. You are the certified website boy, which means you get to talk about a website. Oh, good. Uh, the one that I've been thinking of um, is, of course, well, Cassie, what were we talking about the other day that gave me the idea? Uh, you know. You don't remember? I, what were we talking about the other day? I, I, of course, always pay attention when you listen. Um, when it, I listen. <laughs> Stay there watching me listen. Mike, what were we talking about the other day? You remember? Uh, red salsa versus green salsa. Red salsa versus green salsa. What is that? a better costume to wear while you're salsa dancing? And mm-hmm. that is what you're going you're to go to redversusgreen.com. And you're going to watch people doing the salsa wearing red salsa. Because I think 
the way to do the dance is to pour the food on top of you. Mm-hmm, That's of the traditional start of the dance. Or green salsa. Is it better to wear a bunch of green salsa while you're dancing? Now, we also will give you the steps to do the salsa dance. But before that, the steps to actually how to dump the salsa on you. Because that is something that has been confusing people. You guys would not believe the, like, mm-hmm. the different ways people have been dumping salsa on them. You have to avoid the eyes and nose. You have to. have to. You will not be able to get those dance moves in rhythm if you're worried about your burning orifice. And we thought that pe- we didn't have to say that, but the amount of people who immediately went face first for the Just salsa pour. Face deep in salsa. <laughs> a lot of people have been putting straws in their nose to keep them clean, but mm-hmm. they've been the straws have been coming out and then aiming directly at their eyes. So everything that yeah. comes out into the nose shoots out directly into their eyes. Yeah, no bendy S- straws, guys. Come no on. Spicy no snot in the eyes. Come on. <laughs> Come on. All of these tips can be found at red versus green salsa.com. All right, Ryan, and I know um, this is important tips. This is an important thing. Do you feel capable? Are you ready to build, make, take this website on by yourself? Well, I did pour red and green salsa into my computer, hoping that that Kay. would start a website. Okay. Um, so far, I think so good. Oh. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's a pretty good website so far. Um, but I have just poured the salsa, so I'm not exactly sure how it's going to turn out. Okay, Ryan, I hope to, or I hate to break this to you, um, and I do hope to. I actually get a lot of joy from it. (laughs) You dumb fool, that's not how you make a website. You're going to have to go to my friend, cybersprout.net. All right, they're your partner for a digital world. You tell them this great idea, and they're going to make it happen. They got premium hosting that's specifically built for uh, WordPress. They're going to handle the security, maintenance, backup, and speed optimization, which can't be done with Salsa Ryan. So just pass it over to them. They got it. They're also... Salsa you can. The yeah. right salsa you can, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> They're also going to work hand-in-hand hand with you. They focus on collaboration. So you tell them you want red salsa to be the main focus of the week, they'll do it. Whatever you say. Uh, it's easy to manage. They're going to be your partner. Go to them, cybersprout.net, and also go to red versus green salsa.com. That's it for our main event. Let's move on to Shushies. We are back for the Shushies. It's the biggest shushy of the season. We're wrapping up the shushies itself. We're saying not gu- goodbye, not only to Lucifer, but also the shushies. It's a big one. Well, for a couple weeks. And then the shushies, I'm <laughs> sure, will start right <laughs> yeah, back up again. They're very long. <laughs> so. It's the only way. We can't have a show without the shushies. It's it's the only award show that, in the middle of the show, new contestants yeah. start entering, <laughs> which feels not okay. Listen, it's its own thing. This is how all awards should be. They should be constant and always changing. In the uh, middle of the Oscars, David Lynch came out with a new movie. Everybody stop. We got to watch it and then see if it'll be nominated. Um, but this week for the final one, uh, giving away probably the biggest award, which of course is Best Actress. Uh, Ryan, I believe, do you want to start it off with the ones that are just our maybes or didn't f- make it? Yeah, maybe these aren't going to win because they definitely <laughs> did not get nominated. <laughs> uh, the first one I, is Sarah Tomko from Resident Alien, um, who I was really bummed Astra? by. Astra? What? Wasn't that her name? Astra? Oh, I sorry. think so. I thought you said be quiet. Uh, so then I did for a second, but apparently not. That's never worked, ever. Every time you tell him <laughs> yeah. to be quiet, he screams more, and you just have to say a person's name, and he'll be quiet? That's crazy. She, I, I like, I'd never seen this actress before. Uh, I thought mm-hmm. did an incredible job. Was kind of the arc because the lead, who I believe did win Best Actor. It would be. Alan Tudyk. It's uh, gotta be, yeah. Didn't, wasn't really arcable. And so right. Sarah Tomko had to do a ton of the heavy lifting. And I thought did well, amazing. we sexist, Ryan. So she's not <laughs> even nominated. Not even nominated. The other one, Mike, this is going to blow you away. It's Katie Lotz. I, I think it's 
come to light in this specific episode, there's people who are clearly anti Legends of Tomorrow, and that's why Katie Lotz <laughs> is not nominated. I think it's hard too when you're barely the lead. Like it's very that's clearly an ensemble. Ensemble, yeah. That's where like and out of the ensemble, I don't know if she's the strongest. You got you have a lot to compete against. Uh oh. Uh oh. I'm gonna. F- <laughs> it, it was her season, you monster. She, she had to go aliens. fight. She had to go fight Bishop, and she was alone the whole time and held it together. She did the, the the biggest emotional moment she's had since Arrow. Since Arrow, fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah, since Arrow did not help you argue. Yeah, she had a big moment. You know what? She did. She was dealing with be- coming back from the dead and being a killer in Arrow. <laughs> fuck you guys. I think we've learned that Cassie loves Katie Little, whereas me and Mike love Katie lots. <laughs> 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 Your first nominee is Breck Basinger from Stargirl. You know how much we love this show. And I feel like she's really come into her acting. Like we I was surprised with her the first season. I think she's finally getting it more too. Like she's handling these big dramatic moments of, you know, her friends getting murdered, her mm-hmm. friends blaming her for ruining their lives and stuff. Like she see she's doing well with it. Yeah, I think with a lesser actor. It would be so mopey and hard to watch her mm-hmm. have th- those dramatic moments. You'd be like, "Can you just be sassy again?" But like, yeah, I think she's hanging in there. And the thing that she's balancing so well, and I agree, this second season, the first season was a little Disney Channel acting, yeah. mm-hmm. but this season's a lot better. The thing that she's balancing is she's like, "Pat, I'm mostly an adult and a superhero, and you have to take me seriously." And then five minutes later, they're in the attic, and Pat's like, "All right, we're gonna go out, get your, get the cane," and she's like, "Squeeze." yeah she's doing both things she's keeping the because like she always has to be the light in all of this so she's balancing that well of like always bringing the brightness but not being too disney like the first season struggled with yeah the downside is that's what the flash forgot is that barry is supposed to be the light and instead he turned into emo boy like as if he's (laughs) listening to the black parade over and over again in hell and we're gonna talk about this in about 30 minutes but all of that followed with her saying to eclipso yeah, I fucking hate you. You know what, motherfucker? <laughs> I fucking hate you, okay? Uh, your next nominee is Javika Leslie from Batwoman. This one gets so much props because she saved the show. Like, this yes. has gotten so much better. She is such a better Batwoman and handles this bigger storyline so well. And the uh, slight prison industrial complex, heavier queer black woman, and like racial disparity and how we treat criminals this show should not be able to pull it off and a year ago could not have pulled this shit off yeah and i do think the speeches they give her when she starts it every time i'm like oh no wednesday night on cw do you think you could do this and my my shoulders <laughs> go so high and then i'm like oh get an actress who can fucking do it and they did yeah, yeah she rocks ruby rose has had a rough week so i don't want to shit on her anymore uh or a rough couple of years it sounds like uh, but Javika Leslie has, she can quip, you know, she's got, yes. she's got a natural charisma that gets her through all of the CW-ness of the show. Mm-hmm. Your third nominee from the show WandaVision is Elizabeth Olsen. Of course, of course she yeah. made it, fucking killed it, so good. I, this is going to be a hard one to beat, I feel. It's not on the CW. It's not. Yeah, that, that's, a good, that's a good boost up. But like, it's what was that show from years ago, Ryan? Probably 2014 by showing me a movie. Maybe Marcy, Marlene, uh-huh. Mar- and me. Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. Something like if that. If you're the star of that, you're going to win this fucking award. <laughs> like, it's, 
this show is finally like she was in such indie great things and then marvel cast and you're like okay and then in this show you're like oh that's why you cast elizabeth olsen mm. got it and it's not like she wasn't a super big like name out there in the stars but this is like we got an actor this is like she was already like a big actor and now we she's have. no mary kate or ashley true well i think that like i think that a lot of us thought if you had seen the original indie work that she did that being a avengers almost tertiary character was a major step down right and Oh, like little did we know that that was, everyone is just being saved for their own Disney Plus show uh-huh. where they get to shine. And yeah, we've talked about this before, but uh, all of the dealings of losing your husband, you know, what that must be like. But then also, I'm going to be a different sitcom trope every yeah. week. Yeah, every week. Pretty impressive. And crushed it. Especially that first one. All the old episodes, she killed it every time. Yeah. The way she was able to do each one so perfectly down to little mannerisms. The one that it's always stands out to me is the modern family of just like the uh-huh. totally <laughs> flustered. Exasperated, yeah, yes. Look at the camera like, fucking my life, man. <laughs> but to be able to do that and that fun stuff and then the grief, but also the terrifying, the no. Like in that one, she had the one flip. second to sell how scary she could be uh-huh. and <laughs> did it. But your next nominee is Melanie Scrifano from Winona Earp. Uh-oh, Mike. Uh-oh, why? She's amazing. What are you saying? Uh-oh. <laughs> just, I don't want to... I'm going to let you talk first. Like, she's obviously great. You know I love her. But I just don't want to... I already did Katie Lots, so I'm just going to stay... Uh, you hate fun. That's what this is. You hate... Why do you hate fun queer women? Huh, Cassie? What's the What's the deal there? There's too much competition. But no... <laughs> you know what? We hate what we see on screen. But, um... Yeah, she's... It's a strong... It's a sci-fi show, though. Like, can this yeah. hold up? But she... It's... it's Know the tone and balance of your show and crush that. And she did. Like, she 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 defined what everybody else could do. She's not Fish Mooney, some side character teaching everybody what the show should be. She, she is the lead character and everybody followed her pace. I think that's a really good point that a lot of times when you hit the second or third season of a show the writers will start to like write around you. Uh-huh. And I think that they didn't just write around Melanie. They changed the entire tone of the show to what she was capable of. And everyone fed off of it. Like every, yeah. all the actors changed because of her too. And they didn't become Winona. They just, they loosened up and they, they like, I don't know, got to the core of who they were because of her. And it didn't stop. Like they are quip machines and, and she definitely is a quip queen, but it did not stop. The, I think she. I was surprised how well she could still sell the. Oh, our baby is out there, and I'm worried about that. Yeah. Like she hit the drama. She hit the drama. She hit the bottles. She did it all. She's just. She's a gorgeous, hilarious, alcoholic. And <laughs> it's hard to see yourself on screen. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So maybe after saying uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Melly Scrifano, we could tell Breck and Javika. Sorry, you guys are on the CW. Yeah, yep. kick rocks, ladies. But what about this fifth nominee? <laughs> Elizabeth Tolick from Superman and Lois. That's also the CW. I mean, in theory, it is. It uh, technically already is Mike, he's already, <laughs> Yeah, he's already he's written the her gloves off. again. <laughs> I've not written her off. I'm saying in theory, Superman and Lois I is see. on. But it's not, it's not necessarily the corn dick high school stuff of the rest it, of the season. It's not a corn dick <laughs> high school stuff. No, you're right. The we're, way you paused after even, corn dick where we all didn't know where it was going... <laughs> Even though they're in the middle of Kansas when everybody has a corn dick. Just, where do you go to high school? Oh, I go to corn dick high. <laughs> What's your mascot? Corn dick corn high school dick stuff. stuff. <laughs> anyway, 
I I have declared her to be the best crier on TV, except uh-huh. for John, who plays Lex Luthor on Supergirl. Uh, Mike, <laughs> what? Yeah, was that's a little bit was more a little than that, <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry I gave you a legitimate reaction. <laughs> uh, and she's you know she's not a kid. She's not trying to be a kid. And yeah, yeah, it's important. She handles the. She's a great actor, but she handles the real lifeness of just being a mom in this absurd situation so well. Yeah. And she's still, she's Lois Lane, who's a badass, but still just a mom who loves her wine. And you know what? <laughs> I respect it. Hey, uh, and yeah, like when she screams at Jonathan, like, or hugs it, like it all, she sells it so well in a way like, nobody's going to watch this. And so often viewers watch uh, wives and mothers and hate them. Mm-hmm. And she she balances it in a way uh, she can yell at your main characters and have people not hate her. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's important. Like if on paper it's like this is a recipe for audience disaster just because yeah. people hate women. But to watch her be like Superman, you get back here, you fucking bitch! Like that's <laughs> and people are like, yeah, fuck you, Superman. It is the way she handles just human flaws and yeah. portrays that is really. It's fantastic. It just is, it does a better job of you know like it it's not Stedman you know Stedman is married to or is going out with Oprah and okay it's probably just always always her bitch you know uh-huh. but Lois Lane <laughs> that's not how Lois Lane rolls Lois Lane <laughs> no. really does see herself not equal in every way right. but it equal in totality to Superman and that is hard to do and it's awesome but and a good way to be married but she's still on the CW so. <laughs> Are those all of our nominations? That's it. Oh, man. All right. So that means... It's, it's uh, Breck Basinger, Stargirl, Javika Leslie, Batwoman, Elizabeth Tolick, Superman, and Lois. And then your non-CWs are Elizabeth Olsen, WandaVision, and Melanie Scrifano, Winona Earp. I mean, it's hard for me to not pull for Melanie. Yeah. The show right. ended. Heath Ledger Award. Let's see if that happens. Let me get the envelope here. Make sure it's picking up a mic here. This envelope. Yeah, people need to hear that. This is so important. All right, our winner is for Best Actress. We got Elizabeth Olsen from WandaVision. I'm sorry, you guys. It wasn't it wasn't your girl, but I feel like this one makes sense. I'm so sorry. But it's always good to say that you're rooting for somebody who doesn't win. That way it sounds like you're disappointed by who did win. <laughs> yeah. But I you're, as Elizabeth is walking to the stage, you're like, oh, bummer, right? Bummer. <laughs> sorry, guys. But I do want to point out not just not but like two and a half minutes ago where we said all that cool shit about Elizabeth Olsen. Let's She's amazing. Yeah. She's yeah. amazing. All right. Uh, that is it for Best Actress. Ryan, as I said, it's it for Shushies too. So can we get a Shushy by the numbers, please? Yeah. So usually uh, I think we had 40, no, 34 shows in the last calendar year. Christ. 15 shows got a nomination, which is pretty widespread for us. Usually we focus on two or three shows and nominate the <laughs> shit out of them. But 15 <laughs> shows got a nomination. And out of nine awards, eight shows won. Okay. Only one show won multiple awards. That's pretty surprising. I know. No, out of 10 awards, eight, eight shows won. So one show got three. Uh, let's start with the... So a ton of shows got one or two nominations. The, the shows with three nominations, no wins, Stargirl and MODOK. MODOK... Getting three, I think, is kind of surprising. Now it is surprising. <laughs> uh, three nominees and one win with Superman and Lois. I think it uh, won for best couple. As it <laughs> should. That makes yeah. sense. That's strong. Four nominees and one win for Loki. Okay. Okay. Which I think was best sidekick. 
right? Because we got to get the Wilson brothers involved yeah. at all yeah. points. Uh, the boys got nominated four times and won. You guys are welcome. <laughs> it, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty surprised, actually. <laughs> and Resident Alien was nominated four times and won one for Best Actor. Uh, and then our two heavy hitters, which we just talked about, the Best Actress bracket. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if... I, I think I would have picked WandaVision to be sort of the Watchmen of this year. Yeah. Yes. I would have thought so. And so it had seven nominations and three wins. Okay. I'm Helping. assuming all actors. Uh, yeah. Funniest character... Supporting actress, actress. Yep. And then, uh, but my Nona Earp only had one win, but eight nominations. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> so it was all over the place. And I think a lot of that too is yeah. because uh, we focus a lot on acting and love. And I think it was yes. nominated for two or three awards for best couple. And my Nona Earp definitely a, does the couples right. It's a good show for acting and love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my Nona Earp press corps. Stop looking for your new tagline. <laughs> we got you covered. And that's so. Those are all our shows. The, no, what show got multiple awards? Uh, WandaVision was the only show that won multiple awards. Whereas wow. last year, I think there was only one show. It was Watchmen, but it got nine of, of the eleven. Of <laughs> <laughs> you know that, that makes sense. Um, I'm proud of us for doing such a great job this year, you guys. And you should be proud of me for allowing the boys. So, um, one again. one winner, I think, for best villain. Yeah. Yeah, probably. So, um, all right, that is it for the shishies. Let's go ahead and move on to the poll list where we talk about all the other shows we watched. We are back for the poll list. First show starting it off this week is Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> on this week's Legends of Tomorrow, Nate impersonates Hoover to protect the timeline, which makes Bayrod and Gary uncomfortable. Meanwhile, Zara gets loaded and tries to figure out who attacked them, and Astro and Spooner hang out with a mute human Gideon. Taste Buds ask you this. Does this show sidelining Astra and Spooner and their side plots let the new characters room to grow or make you care less about what's going on in their scenes? No, I like I think it's sort of min-maxing, mm-hmm. if I'm using that term correctly, of Astra and Spooner are the is the best new relationship. And so put them together and watch them grow to the point where they get so close that they're they feel like they belong with everybody else. Right. So so if like Nate and B were there, it you wouldn't pay attention to the two new ones as much yeah i mean no that makes sense look at cassie and the nate and b of her life and Mm -hmm. how we just hog the spotlight Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh and also like it wasn't a non-plot i mean gideon's alive and they're talking to gideon so that's pretty big and i i like what i like because these are two prickly characters in different ways and about different things what i like is the more they humanize them and we get to know them they're not not prickly like, they are still buttholes about a lot of yeah. stuff. And they have to apologize to each other constantly, <laughs> which is true friendship. Like, <laughs> listen, motherfucker, I'm so sorry, but you're a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. Uh, think about friendship. The, the, what did not work for me in this episode is how B-Rod and Gary, Gary, to a way lesser extent, uh, are getting annoyed that Nate is acting like Hoover. But Nate won is barely acting like Hoover, uh-huh. and two, is right. To preserve the timeline, you have to act like Hoover. And I, it felt like they're like, we should have drama, but Nate never was like, fuck you too. I, I see what you're saying. Well, he said, like, people would, like, point to Gary and Bayron, and mostly Bayron, and yeah. say, well, we should get those two non-white people out of the room. And Nate didn't say anything. And so they would mm-hmm. look at Nate, and Nate would sheepishly look away. And you're right. But I think that the show might be more about friendship than the intricacies of playing Hoover so, uh-huh. that, so that your con works. 
I know that's not what you what you care about are the cons and not the friendship. <laughs> Who gives a shit about friendship? It just it just I I guess I wanted Nate to sell it to like start liking Bing Hoover for Bayrod's complaints to land. Yeah, and you see it at the end. Like Nate went full crazy, and then at the end he's sort of like, "Wait a second, Hoover may not have been such a good guy." But the well, he sh- always knew that the show itself did not hold back on the fact that, like, oh, I don't care that like he's an important white person. So you right. heard he was a total piece of shit. But what I like is like Nate's arc. If if it is an arc, it's not like Nate was like pro Hoover. He's like he was a dickhead. He's very important to history. Mm-hmm. And I think it's dealing with that complexity. You don't have to say just because somebody was important to history doesn't mean you have to say they're a good person. Well, if you what do, is- then I'm gonna freak out. Yeah, fucking freak out. Uh. I don't know if it was sort of nice to me. I don't know if you got this, but that they stayed in the same place for two episodes. Maybe I'm getting older and <laughs> I just need things to slow down. But just, I'm that, tired of a different <laughs> setting every week. But the fact that we stayed in the same time zone, if that's what you call it, uh, for two episodes in a row was kind of nice and relaxing. And I, I think that's going to be a lot of this season. Well, they changed now the uh, opening credits, so that's how you know. And that's fun. The, the very uh, old-timey 1920s opening uh how do you feel about terminator hoover <laughs> well i mean the same <laughs> what a great question the same way i have since the day i was born <laughs> fucking dope <laughs> we uh we get more uh it is i kind of forgot that it is sarah and ava's uh honeymoon yeah and i think this is the most openly horny they've been yeah. allowed to, normally they do like little looks at each other equips but uh we learned that they're very loud when they have sex. Yes. To the point that Zari now knows their safe word. Their safe word was thrown all about this episode. And Ava, like the most adorable Ava's ever been probably. Because she's a not, she never tries for adorableness. That's right. not in Ava's tool set. But what is it? Core competency? Core competency <laughs> is her safe word. And Zari, <laughs> Zari going upstairs uh, and she's like, yeah, because you guys are kind of loud. And Ava's like, no, we're not. And Zari's like, oh, yeah, core competency. <laughs> and then Ava borderline looks in the camera and legit like gets flushed and blushy yeah. and like, <laughs> covers her face from us. Like she's embarrassed for us to see that. That sounds like it should be the moment of the week, but let's go ahead and move on to those. Uh, Mike, what's yours? Mine is uh, tied to what we were talking about earlier. Uh, Sarah says it. She's like, great men usually aren't good guys. And I think Supergirl will do a whole episode about that. Mm-hmm. And it would re- how many monologues Kara would deliver to the camera in the <laughs> world of the show and in the real world. And uh, Legends, as goofy as it is, can very naturally tell that story and have Sarah say that and have it be in character and us move on. Well, one of the major differences between the lead of Legends and the lead of Supergirl is that we have to, every single time there's an episode, we have to watch Kara learn something. Uh-huh. Whereas with Katie Lott's, she has already known it for. She was almost born with the knowledge, and right. then acts accordingly. You know, so it's not this. She's not great with. She sometimes makes some time mistakes, as I guess uh-huh. we all do. But she doesn't have to like learn about how humanity works in, in our in front of our eyes. Right. And that makes her way cooler. Uh, mine does have to do with Sarah Neva, but it's just any time that the the bullet blondes are out in public. The whole public knows about them. I don't know how they became a viral sensation almost immediately, but anytime they're in public, they're like somebody will recognize them and everybody starts cheering and they <laughs> milk the shit out of every <laughs> second. As you should. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow is Tuesdays on the CW. Our next show is Supergirl. On this week's episode of Supergirl, Nixley 
goes after the dream totem. Meanwhile, Supergirl worries she's being pulled in too many different directions. Taste buds, I ask you this. What would it take to draw and quarter, Kara? Draw and quarter? Yeah. Uh, I guess planet-sized horses. Cassie, do you know about this this uh, torturous fun game? I don't know this one. Where you tie uh, a limb to four horses. So an arm and arm, a leg and a leg to four horses. And then you smack all four horses in the ass and they run different directions. And that is how it's a way of killing somebody. Oh, this sounds fun. Yeah. That's so cool. But how would you do that with yeah. Supergirl? So planet Be- tied to four planets and then smack Ho- the planet sized horses. Yeah. <laughs> or Lobo motorcycles. I, I like that. We're not gonna ever learn how to say this bad guy's name. Every never. week we're like Nixley, Nixley. <laughs> who's who's to say? We'll never know. Uh Supergirls Tuesdays on the CW. Our next show is Doom Patrol. On this week's episode of Doom Patrol. Rita and her new gang are trying to figure out whether or not they can get Miss Rouge on their side. When a fog takes over, and by the way, let me tell you guys, uh, this fog was not CGI. Nothing CGI about it. It was straight up very clearly a fog machine from a haunted house (laughs) that they put in the back of every scene. Yeah, It looks so good. Uh, (laughs) When a fog takes over the Doom Patrol in our time, they're forced to do a synchronized dance, which opens up a portal to Rita's time. Sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this brings birds with human faces as bodies yeah. crash into members of the team and they disappear. Taste Buds, I ask you this. How is the show handling a shift of focus to Ms. Rouge being the main character? Mike? Uh, right. Yeah. How is the show handling the shift of focus of Ms. Rouge being the main character? Kind of it, really good because one, she's a an actress that we all like. Remember Michelle yeah. Gomez from Sabrina? Uh-huh. Uh, and it made me realize that as entertaining as all the characters are, and as great performances as all the Doom Patrol is, there's no nobody leading forward momentum with that right. group. You know, now that uh, Timothy Dalton is gone, and they did make the right decision of not making it Cyborg. Cyborg is so much closer to a DPer than a JLer on this show that he's not going to lead narrative momentum. And right. so, so they brought this actress in, and it's it's going well. It's like she's atoning for her sins of the past. But also kind of being a shitty leader in the in the present, and it's it's very surprising that they would just add a new character, have her take over the team, and have it work out as well as it is. Did not work in Family Matters when <laughs> Urkel took over the team. No, or Family Guy when Urkel took over the team. <laughs> just can't be Urkel. It wouldn't have worked oh, here maybe either. Choose somebody different than Urkel. Maybe then. no. I think Doom Patrol could bring Urkel, have him lead the team, and have it be fine. <laughs> Uh, they are uh, forced through hypnotherapy, or as they call it, the fog, uh, to all do a synchronized dance. And there's no music, by the way. So they're all just throwing their limbs <laughs> synchronized. And it's hard. Like, that idea has been completely taken over by Beetlejuice. Like, there's yeah. no way to do that. Very common trope uh, without thinking of the Beetlejuice dinner scene. Well, it's amazing. Maybe a different show could someday own Deo, but I don't know. <laughs> But once these birds, which are, again, human faces Terrifying. as bird bodies with wings, uh, once they fly into you, you disappear to another plane. And that happened to all of our DPers. So I think next week is sort of a reset where the team will be back together again. Hopefully. Nice. That's what you've been wanting. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, Ryan, do you got a moment of the week? Uh, my moment of the week is in the past, Rita has a boyfriend. And they decide to uh, dress up as each other, including like weird paper mache masks of each other. Weird. And it's so hard to watch people wear these sort of masks that they have. You guys are going to know exactly what they look like as soon as I say this. It's so weird to watch somebody in a mask like this and have them not stand there in the middle of the room, like 
uh, hunched over it and just say, I'm wearing too much shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's too much shit. I think I want to die. I want to be here more. You want to die? Because it's I think the- I want to die. <laughs> yeah, it's because of, of the prank. I think I want to die. Uh, the, the scene was completely ruined. <laughs> Thanks to that motherfucker wearing too much shit. I now got to watch just that. Uh, two Patrols Thursdays on HBO Max. Our next show is Titans. In an episode titled Purple Rain, Gotham once again is at the mercy of Crane's terror. And it's all hands on deck for the Titans as they infiltrate Wayne Manor and harness an ancient power that transcends life and death. Taste Buds, I ask you this. What DC character would you have Prince play on Titans if he was still alive? Mm, if Prince was still alive? Oh my god. Can he just be Prince? I don't think Prince can no, be... No, he, he has to be a DC character. Oh my gosh. Batman? It just He's got to be a lead guy. And well, I feel Batman's like, already cast. Batman's cast? The, I want him as Batman. The No deal. No deal. <laughs> Contract revoked. Ryan, what about you? What what character would you have Prince play in the DC Universe and Titans if he was still alive? Could it be a a sidekick named Bat Dance? Sure. He's the other sidekick, Bat Dance. <laughs> All right. Titans is Thursdays on HBO Max. Our next show is Batwoman. On season two, episode two of Batwoman, Killer Croc's tooth has spawned a new little croc, and he's hella eating kids. So Alice and Ryan are enlisted as the new Steve Irwin to capture him. Along the way, Alice escapes and leaves a child for dead. Mary discovers that Luke is shredded as hell, and Ryan confronts her biological mom. Taste Mike, I ask you, were you excited to see Killer Croc, and how did the CW do with this character? Yeah, I, they they wisely kept him in the shadows. Yep. Uh, I do like the... In the lore, because all of these, they're not going to show any old crotchety Batman villains. And I do like that it's Batman was at his prime 20 years ago. So it would be a geriatric croc. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that old is moving croc. A kid found his tooth. The tooth scratched him. And so he became the new killer croc. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, Beautiful. <laughs> but I, I like, yeah, I, I thought it worked. He looked, he did look scary, especially like the Jaws scene in the beginning where the, the kid's skinny dipping and then just the blood pooling out worked really well. And that that the real surprising. villain is the dad. The dad assumes Batwoman's going to kill her son, so he starts just electrocuting this woman who's there to help. So many times. Like the one, she was down with the one and he was like, you're going to yeah. keep getting electrocuted. Well, Alice is just sitting there like, uh. yeah. <laughs> You know how Alice do, so she's yeah. obviously going to do that. I did want to talk about this storyline of how he did become Killer Croc. And is it just the right level of comic bullshit? Like, yes. Yeah, that's how I felt. <laughs> like, the whole explanation when they were like, could the tooth itself, like, spawn a new one? Like, does it hold the DNA? And I was like, how? How could it be? How does this happen? <laughs> oh, yeah. they Because at first they thought the tooth just regrew a, a whole, whole new Killer Croc. And gator. they're like, that's insane, even for our world. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no it scratched a child. Of That's course. what I thought based on Cassie's intro, and I almost freaked out and <laughs> started screaming. <laughs> Right, and that's how crocodiles work. Don't rip a crocodile's tooth out because you're just now you're dealing with two crocodiles. <laughs> well, what if I want two crocodiles? Oh, then you should then do get, that. Then I'm going to do that. Then get Buck Wild. Um, I think I believe this is the first time we got Alice and Ryan actually working together, which has been our dream. Uh, yes. How was it for you, Mike? Yeah, I, I love their banter. I, I want them together all the time. I'm glad that Alice escaped and then instantly got caught again. And now she has like a DNA tracker. It's not just a anklet she could easily kick off. Yeah. Uh, and like I like th- this version of Renee Montoya is a bastard. And I kind of like that, that she's just like, oh, you saved the day. 
but you lost Alice. And even though Ryan was electrocuted a thousand times, yeah. like it's like, fucking look at the context, asshole. She didn't check in with a mission at all. She was like, great, you saved this terrible situation. Kids are no longer going to die. Where the fuck is Alice? <laughs> it was Who the fuck is Alice? Who the fuck? Um, I do want to talk about Ryan and her mom, uh, Jada Jet. How do you think they're doing with this like abandoned storyline? Can they pull it off? They've done a yeah. lot. They, I mean, ba- we've really just met her. I think we saw her in a scene two episodes ago and then yeah i think it's gonna keep growing and i i think they're gonna do a good job at it yeah uh, what i really like is that sophie and ryan are bonding now and that sophie's advice before she has to deal with her mom for the first time is she never gave you anything so she can't take anything away like very much Fuck like yeah, she's like moment. i've seen tv shows normally the person's gonna turn into a puddle i refuse to let my friend turn into a puddle yeah. your mom's a bitch <laughs> now go <laughs> it was literally like she's walking up the stairs remember she's a bitch and she deserves nothing and i was like yeah <laughs> Isn't it weird that this ex-convict former bartender is now the acting CEO of Wayne Corps and sure we've is. never had to deal with that at all? Like, Sure is. And that's just the thing. Go through odd training program. <laughs> I don't know. They were like, no, put a nice little outfit on her. You're CEO. Let's Look, go. Uh, Bruce Winswill states that if you are a bat person, you are CEO of Wayne Corps as well. <laughs> it just has to happen. Did you just say the name of our new skit? Bruce Wayne's World? <laughs> <laughs> I think you meant Will. But we're doing Bruce Wayne's world. No, Bruce Wayne's world. Uh, <laughs> I do want to, that moment where Sophie told Ryan, you know, like she was like, hey, there's a CEO coming. I feel like I have to tell you it's your mom. Uh, yeah. That felt fucked up. <laughs> like That's not. That, you know you what? You don't have to tell me you that don't. right now. <laughs> you absolutely don't. I'm already freaking out about having to be acting CEO in the situation where I don't know why she's coming. So you don't have to add like, hey, that's your biological mom who gave you away. Yeah. Fun. Like, I'm gonna start anytime I go into a meeting with a coworker. I'm gonna whisper that to them from now on. <laughs> By the way, when uh, you're adopted, that's your biological mom. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens. I have to tell you this. Uh, I also want to check in with how are you feeling about Hot Boy Luke and this possibility of Mary and Luke being into each other. I'm horny for it the way they are, man. Like it makes sense. She's only seen Luke in like a three piece suit, and mm-hmm. so when he's ripped, like her reaction is perfect and it is like obviously all these people are built Mm -hmm. but if you haven't seen it you haven't seen it and just her getting all flustered and then just being like wait we're both really hot (laughs) thought about that before (laughs) we work together and we're both hot hold on yeah it was that's when the cw was like hold on we are still cw let's show his abs (laughs) he's been covered this whole time he do got abs we haven't cw'd in a bit should we (laughs) (laughs) it's about time we cw'd um so, should we hate Alice after this episode? She did leave a kid for dead. Do we hate her, and should we hate her? I loved the arc of Alice being like, nothing's going to stop me from saving that little girl, because that little girl was me, and people gave up on me. I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when she found her, she's like, the world will never help you handle it, and then ran back into the sewers. <laughs> I was like, wait, that that's the lesson you learned, and you're trying to teach this kid? Straight up, she was like, well, you got a broke leg. You're actually more of a burden to me than I thought. Save yourself. And I was like, wild, wild turn. What what I like about it is that it's, I think too often when a villain joins the team, they're like, they're reformed. You're one of us now. And I like that. She's like, oh, no, yeah, she's still a crazy murderer. Still, yeah, still escaping. I'm sorry, we don't use the C word anymore, which Mary points out in this episode. (laughs) She didn't say what we use, but not C, not the C word. Um, Let's go to moments of the week. What's yours, Mike? Yeah, it is Mary reacting to Luke. Her, she's like, "Well, you're keeping fit." Like, and then she puts her tongue back in her mouth, and she's, in my uh, official opinion, as a medical doctor. In a doctor opinion, you are fine, <laughs> fine as hell. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, my moment of the week is when the dad of this new baby killer croc uh, was like, my son's a good guy. He just wanted to wear an alligator tooth necklace. Like, that's yeah. not how it works. Your son nah. made an alligator tooth necklace. It's not a good yeah. guy. He's a douchebag. Red flag. <laughs> you raised a, piece, raised a piece of shit, sir. Uh, Batwoman is Wednesdays on the CW. Our next show is The Walking Dead World Beyond. On this week's episode of The Walking Dead World Beyond, uh, some bullshit happens, but what really everyone needs to know that happens is that Elton, aka Corduroy, got bit by an empty, and just as the team was ready to cut off his arm, uh, he was able to show them that his corduroy jacket protected him. <laughs> That's how he got That's that nickname. That's why you wear corduroy. Taste buds, I ask you. Did you know corduroy saves lives? Uh, corduroy saves lives by warming up thighs first of all like the way (laughs) that it reacts to each other while you're walking Mm -hmm. it heats up your entire body and it keeps people from dying of cold it does science science facts and also zombie bites and then zombie bites it's essentially kevlar we all knew this you ever tried to bite through corduroy it's hard (laughs) not yet i have a new mission though it's not a weak cloth like denim how would you even describe it like it's it's like pants right but there's little lines that come up all the way down the pants what if your pants was made of a thousand cords little lines instead of one solid it's very and, uh, strange and had a lot of snot in the <laughs> divots <laughs> it's crusty book town for sure that's actually what protects you against the empties oh, yeah. all the snot if you would put crusty bugs on all of your pants then you would never get bit by zombies <laughs> all right the walking dead world beyond is sundays on amc our next show is why the last man on this week's episode of Why the Last Man, we get some flashbacks as we see how Roxanne went from sweet, meek employee of the Price Mart to full-blown cult leader, warrior woman. Tasty Mike, I ask you this. Ryan Reynolds, this was the first episode of the series that you skipped. Did that have anything, at least in small part, to do with the fact that the series was canceled with three episodes left to air? No. I'm I'm often annoyed that, and I can see how my actions won't line up with my words. I'm often annoyed <laughs> that people are like, "Oh, there's only one season. Why should I watch it?" I don't know because it's a great one season. Like th- something has to last forever for you to deign to want to watch it. I know, but for me, so much of what has kept me going through the season is it's not the it's not the camera work, it's not the incredible writing, it's not the artistry of the season. It's just I want to see what happens next. Right. And for that to be taken away from a show like this, I think is pretty devastating. Could hurt it. And I do, I, I wonder, like, people watch things wrong now. Like, you, anywhere on the internet, I watch like, standing on my head. That's pretty wrong. <laughs> like, people only care about plot. And you'll see people like, well, what did that, they're like, Psh, what does this character even do with the plot? And it's like, who, that they're a foil. So nothing for the plot, but for, like, our main character to learn how to arc, that's important. So I get what you're saying, but it's also, like, I'm, Will there ever be a back, a backswing, a backlash? Like, will people start caring about other things other than plot and what's going to happen next? Are you asking me that? I guess. Yes. Yes, they will. <laughs> if you have an answer. Uh, yeah. If you had to skip one, this is the one to skip. Uh, I, I, I sort of respected the show for never doing the Lostian sort of uh-huh. storytelling of we're gonna we're gonna sh- half the episode is gonna be the present post apocalyptic we're on an island and then the other half is gonna be what was the character doing before they got to the island and that's what this was and it was kind of a bummer because we were doing fine figuring out all that shit on our own yeah that that, i mean that's the boat it's one like yeah they set a line that your whole episode had a handle right you you covered it and two it's like i don't know if i give a shit the world is so different before every man dies so who cares what they were like before then right this one was particularly raunchy uh roxanne is a in the present day in the post-apocalypse she is a 
uh, cop who was taking over a Price Mart. And the before times, she was just an assistant manager of the Price Mart who got busted for stealing Law and Order DVDs. Which means <laughs> she took those stolen law, law... And first of all, stealing is wrong. That is against the law and against order. Uh, she took those Law and Order DVDs home, watched them, and learned how to be a cop and a cult leader <laughs> in this future. Uh, dun, dun. Show. <laughs> show do better, please. <laughs> all right. Uh, Ryan, do you got a moment of the week? Uh, that's it. She that likes, <laughs> The boss says, and I saw you steal Law and Order DVDs. And she was like in the bargain bin. And what a fucking knock to Law and Order. Like, <laughs> just in the entire seasons in the bargain bin, you can get a whole season of Law and Order for $5. Wild. Insane. Uh, Why the Last Man is Mondays on Hulu. Our last show of the week is Stargirl. On this week's episode of Stargirl, Courtney is trapped in the Shadowland, which is where Eclipso was born. As you could guess, it's super fucked Twilight Zone-esque trip where we get to live through all the previously deceased teens' traumas. Thanks to Shade, Courtney, Dr. Midnighter, and Cindy are able to escape, but not before Courtney, has to have a real fucked up converse chat, conversation Cover chat. Cover chat. Cover chat. with Eclipso. Taste what they ask you. Why does this little child always go to the staircase in Pat's house to say the most messed up things? <laughs> He's always like... He feels tall. <laughs> <laughs> He's always like... I'm gonna wait. Hold on. And then climbs a couple stairs. Like, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> so he can see eye to eye with who he's talking to. Like that's when I knew. As soon as we were in the Shadowland and it transferred to her house, I was like, "This mm. child's gonna appear oh, on the stairs and say the most say some shit. <laughs> it's gonna be some real dark things coming out of this child's mouth." He's heard about the people under the stairs. He must be the people above the stairs. That's, that's where the that's power where to is. Be. Yeah, that's where you want to be. I <laughs> uh, I can't believe how much I like this episode because there's so much cheesy about it right but mm-hmm. first can we get to shade i feel like i spent the whole season dealing with shade and how he was kind of overacting and then the hammiest death scene i've ever seen and i was <laughs> yeah. like oh no my shade yeah my, my baby shade well what now like and maybe this is headcanon but i feel like the the way they've explained shade and shade has shown himself and that he's from the 1820s i think it's not that the actor who's playing Shade is a ham. Shade himself is a ham <laughs> yeah. and is always acting like this. Like, is just a dramatic bitch. Like, I think when we learn that Dr. Midnight and Shade drank, ab- got shit faced on absinthe together, and Dr. Midnight's like, I think he thinks we're best friends. <laughs> like, it's just like. <laughs> That's some classic 1800 shit right there. <laughs> yeah. The close up filming of his hand, like he was in church when he was trying to keep the portal open and he yeah. was giving it the little like church shakes. I was like, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to miss this guy. And classic shade, right? Because he was not a good guy or a bad guy. It, he didn't believe in black and white, which we're going to talk about in a second. Uh, but he has this, you know, he sacrifices himself. He does this like selfless thing and then he's about to die and everybody's like, Shade, we're going to miss you. And then just before he dies, he wakes up and he's like, but one more thing. Tell everyone I did a really good thing. And then he dies. <laughs> and that, that's some classic Shade right there. <laughs> Make sure the people know I was a good boy right before death. <laughs> I did a sweet kickflip before I died. <laughs> I made a funny. <laughs> um, going to the like black and whiteness. So it was all uh, black and white, which it kind of, I want to know, did they pull off this like Twilight Zone terror feel of the Shadowland? I think I'm glad it wasn't like just dreams that our characters were really going through things and learning things. Uh, I do think it was creepy because like Courtney was like, something's up here. I'm talking to the magician kid, but it's when the whole diner stops and turns and looks at her that, that there was those little moments. Like, Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they did good at those small moments that always got me. And before I started taking medicine, that's how I thought every single place <laughs> I walked into was like, so 
You guys can imagine what that was like. Also, I mean, I thought the black and white was super well done, was super creepy. Uh, Mike, you're totally right. I didn't put it together, but the fact that it's a fiction in a fiction, but still not a dream. And so that means that the stakes are there. But God, did I not realize how much we miss Cindy. It's for yeah. reals. As soon she was saying, like, she was like, you know, sometimes it's fun here. You get to kill your dad, and I've killed you multiple <laughs> times. And that's a fucked up thing to say to a human being. But I was like, I missed you. I missed you so much. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't kill my dad as many times as Cindy killed hers. But I'd do it a couple times just <laughs> yeah, to see what you it's just like. Gotta see. Yeah. I mean, Groundhog Day, you're going to do some <laughs> fucked up stuff. And what I like, it like, why it's better that it's not a dream, it is this other world, is that Cindy attacked Courtney and then stopped when she was like, oh shit, you're really here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I guess we should talk then. <laughs> like, the, the whole who knows what's in your head and what's actually attacking you. Yeah, like, and it, so, it sort of speaks to this like nature of villains where you sort of have to believe that it's all in your head in order to do the evil stuff that you do. And to watch, mm. to, first, to watch Cindy try to do this stuff and then stop and say, wait, hold on, are you in my head or not? Like, this <laughs> is really confusing to me because I'm crazy. Yeah, and we got to see, like, this hell that all of them have been living in. Um, out of all the scenes we saw, which one was, like, the most messed up to you guys or the one that stuck out to you? Oh, I mean, <laughs> it's my moment of the week, but it has to be Barbara's. 10 minute speech on how much she regrets having Courtney <laughs> oh, yeah. to Courtney. Like, Courtney the whole time is like, Hey, mom, I get it. You regret it. And she's like, No, let me say I'm it again. Done. <laughs> the writers went so hard on this because there is a storyline of like, I have a business degree and now I'm waiting for seeing. I have a business degree. <laughs> <laughs> and like, that's enough. But the writer was like, Let me take it a step further. I go through hell every day for you and you're a piece of shit. And I was like, Okay. Before we're doing I it. had a daughter, I drove a Dodge Stratus. <laughs> <laughs> now I take the bus everywhere. Wind in my hair. <laughs> what was great is real Barbara straight up says uh, she doesn't know if she wants to live in a world that Courtney's not in. Right. And Pat doesn't know whether to look concerned or offended. Or <laughs> like, it's, like, then it's me. Okay. And so it said he just checks his phone. He's like, hmm, sports scores. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one that was really like every this show, as I've said, can really show you that they don't care about kids' feelings. They go so hard to tear kids down. But Sydney's of like so adamantly of like i'm not afraid of my dad like you can keep showing me my dad i'll kill him however many times so heartbreaking yeah i was like oh yeah. jesus this show is insane which oh i just thought of a new moment of the week save it okay. i don't want to hear it right now you shut your you shut mouth, your mouth. <laughs> um but was there was it too cheesy the whole like you have to hang on to any brightness to push away the darkness and that's like our whole theme you know like i totally on paper for sure but mm. cindy straight up explains why this episode is in black and white and that's such like that 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 will always make us like like a show less you know when you you're right. that you know you explain that much but it it just worked here like she was like this is why you're stupid courtney it's cuz you think that everything is in black and white but look at what it's like when it's in black and white like mm-hmm. this is all terrible right. and the reason that cindy acts the way that she does is because she's learned how to survive and cindy does have mental issues like for sure but it made it it made her make so much more sense mm-hmm. also what i liked about it is that cindy clearly sees the world in right. black and white but hers are 
if you're with me, you're white. Like, like, like she's like, good is what I want. And bet like, it was. I'm glad you rephrased that. It would be a bummer. It would be a bummer uh, if the shade said it because he's like, like my name. Uh. Like, like, um, but having Cindy explain it, it's just like trying to teach Courtney that black and white is bullshit because we all have different, very specific perspectives. So therefore, we always think what we're doing is good. Right. And that's something that definitely Cindy needs to learn. But yeah. definitely Courtney needs to learn. Everyone does. And we'll see if either of them learn it. Almost um, everyone does. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and move on to moments of the week. Ryan, what was the one you saved? Uh, well, I was going to say that I miss Cindy so much. So when at the end, she was like, who wants to go fucking motherfucking kill Eclipso? <laughs> I stood up in my chair, stood up on top of my chair and started applauding. Yeah, everybody's like hugging and being reunited. And then it cuts to her with nobody to hug. And she's just like, let's straight murder. If, if, you, can, if you can't hug, kill. <laughs> the le- other lesson say. everyone needs to learn. Uh, Mike, what's your moment of the week? I have three. Uh, That's right. It's one is, uh, so Courtney's running around seeing all the dead people and she sees, is it the tuba kid? But it just is very sad. I miss my tuba. Yeah. Like everybody else is saying threatening things to her, but that's what he says. Uh, if somebody said that to you, you would feel threatened, I assure you. It's- and then that, Sorry, they just had to let you know who each one was. Like they made yeah. sure you let you know it was the magic kid, and they're like, "And this kid, tuba kid." Uh, in tuba. Case you forgot. I miss my <laughs> you remember tuba. tuba? <laughs> uh, the, Courtney and Cindy are mean girl clapping back at each other. Like they, they do that. <laughs> no, here's what I'm saying when they're like at yelling at each other. And I, I think it's in the same scene, but uh, Cindy says Courtney started all this, and Courtney says I started all this. You tried to kill me to impress your dumb dad, you freak. Which is <laughs> the best line. Yeah, teenagers can be terrifying, and sometimes they're just dumb when they fight, Like, <laughs> and that was one of them. Uh, I got a couple moments of the week, too, is just um, when Courtney is first there in Sydney, and they're like in the bedroom, and she's like, this is where Eclipso was born, and Courtney's response of just like, in a girl's bedroom? <laughs> Perfectly <laughs> delivered. So good. Um, and my other moment of the week is when the Shade, uh, you know, they tell the Shade to open up a portal and help us. And he's like, make no mistakes, I have enough power to kill you. And the mom's response of just do it then to yeah. calm straight out. <laughs> fucking badass. Which we needed yeah. that scene after the Barbara's 10 minute monologue about how much she regrets having a daughter. We needed that <laughs> right. Barbara to say, I would rather die than live without Corey. Yeah. yeah. Um, Stargirl is Tuesdays on the CW. That was our last show of the week, which means it's now time for Mike to tell us about websites. Yeah, you can head over to yourpopfilter.com to get everything we make. Throw a little slash Amazon at the end of that, making yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. That's how you shop now. Bookmark that. Help us out. If you want more stuff from us, go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. And every week you get all kinds of extra audio bits and vlogs and whatever, depending on the tier you pick. That's right. You pick it, you get the content. Uh, Ryan, can you tell us about the other shows? The other shows that we have, of course, this is the Superhero Show Show. Uh, Mike and I are also on a show called A Movie of the Year, where we are going through every single movie of any given year. And, well, not everyone. That would be insane. That's crazy. Come on. 1908? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but a lot of movies from a lot of years and determining which is the best one. Uh, Cassie is on The Unnatural 20s. Uh, Mike has Doing Bits. Cassie and I have booing dits, where we follow a guy named Dits around and just, just, just <laughs> booing him. Yeah. We just, it's such a mean show. Yeah. He doesn't know why we're doing it. We don't know why we're doing it. Also, there's no commentary. It's just an audio <laughs> track of me and Cassie booing this guy. Well, a guy's just like, oh, that'll be $3.95. It's just like going through his normal day. Please rate, review, and subscribe to all of those wonderful shows. And Mike, I believe we're also on social media. How can the people find us? 
at your pop filter on Twitter, on Instagram. End of list. End of list. If you're not about social media, we also have email contact at your pop filter. Next week, we got a big episode because it's the 400th episode of Superhero Show Show. We're going to have surprises, special guest stars, and the conclusion of the bracket to see what is the best superhero show of all time. You legitimately won't want to miss that one because it's a huge episode. And if you do, you're dead to us. I'm just going to say that. You're basically <laughs> dits at that point. We're going to walk around booing. <laughs> you're going to get booed. <laughs> all right. That's it for the show, though. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Mike. For me, I am me. Bye, everyone. <laughs>